Oh, my goodness. I told Sheila on the way here, uh, I was getting the same butterflies in my stomach on the way here as I did all those years that I was, you know, planning to preach and stuff. And I would get these butterflies. And, and so they're there, uh, but that's okay. Uh, I love it. And uh, it is just great, great, great to be here with you guys. Now, I'm going to just sort of talk for just a few minutes because I have to look at you for a few minutes before I really get rolling because when I get started I I won't see you as well but uh, just to look out and see you as Tim said uh, many of you uh, have been here since the beginning of the church and and I see many many new faces I see some that I thought were still in diapers and I just heard only after three years they're about to turn 17 what's that about you know Uh, yeah so it is wonderful, wonderful to be here. I know we've prayed several times today, but you know what? This is a house of prayer, so that's just okay. And I'm going to pray for us again uh, before I start to speak to you. But I'm going to ask you to participate in this prayer. And what I mean by that is, as I pray, I would like for you to pray. And I'd like for you to pray something very specific. I would like for you to pray, Lord If there is something, let's just take that back. Lord, whatever it is, you want me to hear. Because I don't think it if there is something. I believe with all my heart that everybody here, from the youngest to the oldest, God has something to say to you today. But you know, in the Bible it says, those that have ears to hear, let them hear. Well, you just ask God, God, let me have the ears to hear. Let my brain be open, my heart be open to what you want to say to me today. So as I pray, will you do that? This means yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Do it with me. Here we go. Father, we don't take for granted the opportunity to stand here. You know my heart. You know Ronnie's heart, Tim's and Scott's and others that speak here, Lord. When we stand right here, God, you know we do not take for granted to be able to stand here and share your word. We are greatly privileged to be able to do this. And so, Lord, I do pray that you speak through me in in a very powerful and wonderful way. And Lord, I do pray that the folks that are sitting out there have taken me serious and that they have actually prayed that you will speak to them individually and they will hear what you would say to them. And Lord, we would would just walk out of here different. We would walk out of here more in love with you. We would walk out of here knowing how in love you are with us. So what a great opportunity. So God, thank you for it. And I pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Well, I want to tell you a couple of stories today. Uh, Hopefully the first one will be pretty quick and everything. The first one literally is about uh, my family back many, many years ago. Uh, My oldest son, who's 37 now, he was 10, TJ. Uh, Drake was 8 at that time. And little Candace Rose, who was about to have... 
her second child, for those of you that don't know that yet, uh, a number four grandparent here, and we found out the other day it's going to be a boy, so, you know, we're really excited about that. I actually, it was on her birthday last Tuesday, we found out, and I, I went ahead and just told Facebook how excited we were about that, and 20 minutes later, I get a phone call from Candace, and she says, Daddy, we haven't let Facebook know it yet. So I deleted very quickly and, uh, you know, but now everybody knows so I can tell you. But she was three at this time. And uh, we went to Myrtle Beach in the middle of the summer. And I think this was the first time we've ever done this. And I can tell you it was the last time we ever done it. We stayed in one of those big resorts down there. You know, it had the water park and all the water slides and everything. We just thought that would be the coolest thing in the world. I think it was around July. Ronnie? There were so many people there. You know, a place like you really love to go to, you know. And there were so many people. It was just, you couldn't find one of those laying back chairs. You just, you know, everybody would get down there early, put the towels down and stuff. We tried to, we was in the swimming pool and you'd bounce up against people and stuff. So finally I looked at you and I said, let's go out to the beach area. And we walked across that walkway and when we did, it was just bumper to bumper people. As far as you could see. And I said, I don't know if we're going to play it, find a place to lay our, you know, towels and stuff. And Sheila said, Mark, I need to go back up to the room. But you just go right. And if you can just find a spot about this big, could put a couple of towels down, then great. Well, that's where we'll say, I'll find you. And then this was her last words. And don't lose the children. Hey! So she heads back up to the room. I look at the children and say... Follow me. And we start walking. We're walking around people. We're sort of stepping over people and everything. Finally, I find a place that's about this big for about two towels. I drop the towels. I turn around, and there's TJ just grinning at me. And there's Drake just grinning at me. And there is no Candace. There is no Candace anywhere. Now, I just felt all the mother's hearts drop to the bottom of their feet when I said that and dads too I started looking I was looking there was no Candace in the sea of those people I grab both the boys up I'm running to the lifeguard stand I'm hurdling people I get to the lifeguard stand I set them down I start beating on the lifeguard stand and I said my daughter's missing my daughter's missing she's three years old my daughter and he jumps right off the stand he has a little pan he says what's she like she's got blonde hair she's about this big she has a little two-piece little red bathing suit on she's missing I must have sounded so much even more panicky then than I did just now because there were already adults standing up around me and they could hear the panic on my voice. And they were already saying, we'll look, we'll look too, we'll look too. He gets on, the lifeguard gets on his microphone and he, he starts calling up to this guy and he calls up this guy, little girl missing, she looks like this, she looks like this. And I looked at TJ and I said, TJ, go back up to where those steps are right there. Stand up there, see if you can see her. And so he gets to the top of the steps, and about that time, he meets Sheila. And Sheila says, TJ, what are you doing up here? And you're talking about being thrown under the bus. He just looked at her and said, Daddy lost Candace. <laughs> Boom! Just like that. Daddy lost Candace. 
At the same time that's going on, I'm saying, God, you got to help me. you got to help me think clear here. If nobody has taken her, I've got to find her. How do I do that? And literally, I started thinking, knowing Candace, if somebody hasn't taken her, she's playing with other children. Extrovert Candace, even at three years old. So I started hitting children groups. Looked at the first one, no Candace. Looked at the second one, no Candace. Looked at the third one, no Candace. Looked at the fourth one. And there was Candace. She was little kids just building a sandcastle, and she was just standing there waiting on her time just to get in, you know, and starting to play. Man, I start running. I'm jumping people. Sand's going everywhere. I get down to her. I grab her up. I hold her. And then I turn around and look at Sheila and go. (laughs) Just like that. And I just hugged her more as I walked back. And people were looking at me like, you're crazy. (laughs) You daggum straight, I was crazy. There was a passion going on in my heart. I wanted to find my daughter. And I was so grateful when I did find her. I want to tell you another story that's found in John chapter 4. And uh, I'm not going to read the story to you. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it. And uh, I love listening to Ronnie preach. I know I do. And I love it when Ronnie says, I'm going to give you the Hodge theology here. And so I'm going to give you sort of some of the Bagwell thought pattern about this story. This story is about a woman who I believe on a, this particular day that this story took place, I believe she woke up that morning and she looked over at the man laying beside her and she realized, you know, this is not my husband, you know, but there he lays. And, and maybe she laid there for a few moments and, and maybe he woke up and And got up and, you know, got dressed and started to work. Whatever it was he done. And then I I just feel like she got out of the bed and she started walking around the house a little bit. And possibly she started reminiscing on on a day far, far back in her past. that, That about this time, early in the morning, she would be taking her water jug and picking it up. And walking out of the city to the well to gather water. Early in the morning, when it was cool, she might have even looked out her window and seen the other ladies. They were walking by with their water jug, and they were headed out. And it was so much cooler, and it would be such a great time to go to the well and, and be able to just uh, draw the water so you could bring it back and cook with it and, and wash with it and <clears throat> have water to drink and, and maybe even have some good conversation around the, the well as the, they talked about their children and their grandchildren, but she couldn't go. Thirty minutes pass by, an hour passes by or something like that, and she thinks, well, maybe, maybe I'll go out to the market. We, we do need some food, but I really don't want to go out to the market because... They're going to look at me bad. They're going to they're gonna say things about me just right in front of my face and ridicule me and hurt me. So another hour goes by and another hour goes by and finally it gets to be about 12 o'clock and it's hot. The sun's up and she realizes, well, at least I can go get the water because there won't be anybody at the well who will look down on me. And so she gets her water jug and she starts toward the well and she gets out of the city and she gets close to the well. And all of a sudden she looks up and there's a person at the well. Oh my goodness. 
there's somebody there. They're not going to like me, I know it. They're probably going to say, what are you doing here? Why are you still getting water from the well or something like that? And then she looks, and it's a man. It's not even a woman. It's a man that's sitting there. And she's just, oh, just praise. Maybe he'll just ignore me. Maybe he won't, won't try to hit on me or anything like that. And, and she gets to the well, and she realizes uh, this is not just any ordinary guy. This is a Jewish guy. See, she was in Samaria. And the Jewish people, they didn't go through Samaria to get to the Galilee area. They went around Samaria. They'd go as far west as they could. It would put hours on their journey. And some of them would even cross the Jordan River, go up, and then come back into Israel because they just didn't go through Samaria. They hated the Samaritan people. And now this Jewish man is standing there, or sitting there, and she gets close, and he looks at her and he says... I'm tired. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that this man, this man called Jesus, said he was tired. He'd been on the journey. He said, I'm tired. said, could you give me some water to drink? And the woman looks at him and says, you are a Jewish man, and I am a Samaritan woman, and you ask me for something to drink? I can just see Jesus' heart start moving in him like my heart started moving during the songs that we were singing. Did y'all listen to the words? Did y'all, y'all, really, did y'all really sing those words about the beautiful Jesus and how wonderful he is and everything? And, and I can just see Jesus' heart just start swelling a little bit. And he said, ma'am, he said, I want to tell you something. If you would just drink from this water that I have to give, you would never thirst again. Well, sir, you, 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 don't, you don't even have a pitcher to draw water from. Are you greater than our father Jacob who built this well? How would you do that? And he goes on to say to her the beauty of his water. Now, I wished I had time to, to just go ahead and elaborate totally on the rest of the story. So this is a deal. John chapter 4, you're going to go home and read it, right? Again, this means yes. You don't want to miss the story. You don't want to miss all of it. But I just don't have time to tell you the whole thing. But from that, they get into a conversation. And Jesus really starts showing her who he is more than just an ordinary man. And finally, she just throws up her hands and she says, one day, one day, the Messiah, the Christ, he's coming and he will fix everything. And he will make everything that we've talked about today and everything that I've heard about and everything that I know about, he will make it clear And he looks at her and he says, the one you just talked about, it's me. It's me. I'm here. I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. And I can just see her. She may still be holding her pot. And she... She puts that pot down. 
And she looks at him, and he looks at her with those eyes that Jesus would have toward people with that compassion and that love, no matter who they were, what they had done, where they were at right then, or where they were going in the future. He would look at them with all of that compassion and passion. And I know that she could feel it because of what it just says. Afterwards, I can just see her. She's saying, oh, do I bow down and worship him now? What do I do? What do I do? And all of a sudden, she says... I gotta go back to the town. I gotta go tell them. I know they say all kinds of bad things about me. I know they don't like me. And they may not even come back out here to see me, but I gotta at least give it a try. I've gotta at least go tell them about it. And she leaves her water jug. That's significant. She's coming back, okay? She's gonna get a hold to some living water and some natural water. And she goes back and she tells everyone. And they start coming out to see this one that is the Messiah. Now, again, I wish I had the time to tell you about how the disciples reacted through all of this and stuff like that, but I don't. I can tell you this. It got so exciting around that well that Jesus stayed three more days to hang out with them. In Samaria! The place that the Jews hated! I can just see it. I can just see it. I can see it. When, when all the people come out and everything, and, and she's just sort of standing there beside him, and she may be introducing this person, this person, this person. You know, he had already identified that she had five husbands before, and she was living with another man and everything. And I can just see Here comes the, Jesus, this is husband number one. Good to meet you. I'm Jesus. Jesus, that's husband number three over there. Hey, hey, I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. I think number two will be here. He's always late. He's been late for everything. And he's just, uh, Jesus, uh, this is the guy I'm living with right now. Jesus takes his hand and says, good to meet you. You've got a beautiful lady here, a fine lady. She's a wonderful lady. You ever thought about marrying her? And treating her right. And loving on her like a husband should love on her. Again, I know, I'm taking liberties here. But when I read a story, it just, whoa! So why did I tell you? Why did I tell you these two stories? Why did I tell you the story about Candace? And why did I tell you the story about this particular Samaritan woman? First thing about that is... There are millions of people out there that need to be rescued. Can I say that again? There are millions and millions of people that need to be rescued. And in and, and, and Candace's case, she didn't know that she needed to be rescued. She just wanted to play. Everything was good. We're just, we're just having fun. But you see, if the day would have continued a little bit longer, eventually she would have got hungry or thirsty, and she would have started looking for mom and dad. Or eventually the whole beach would just be uh, evacuated. Or, or everybody would be gone from the beach, and she would be there alone. And she would have eventually realized that, thankfully for her, we found her before that came. 
And there are people all around us, guys, that honestly do not know that they need to be rescued from where they're at right now. Their life is good. They're making good money. They're, they're, they're going to a good school. Their family is okay and everything. And I just don't need Jesus. The deal is, we as Jesus followers know that they do. And we need to take advantage of the opportunity to share this beautiful good news about Jesus. You see, when I grabbed Candace up, And I hugged her, and I showed her to Sheila. When I brought her back, what did I do then? I loved on her. I held her tight. I didn't look at her and say, bad girl, you shouldn't have done that. She was three. She didn't know. It was daddy's fault. Daddy should have knew. Daddy should have picked Candace up and then told the boys to follow him. Right? Sheila let me know that, you know. This is the way you don't lose children, you know. But God opened a door through my mind to start thinking clearly. And start seeing and looking for that one that was lost, even though they did not know they were lost. I'm so glad he Then there's people, guys, that they wake up every morning like this woman. And they know that there are, there are just, just things that, that are going on that, that need to be fixed, that need to be set right, that needs to, to have a, a, a peace about it, that, that needs to have a, a, a direction about it, that needs to have a joy about it, and their suffering and their hurting and stuff needs to leave them, and, and they need to find what only Jesus can offer. I want to read something to you about Jesus. Listen to this. This is found in the reflections of ragamuffins. Uh, it's written by a guy named Brennan Manning about 25 years ago. Uh, he wrote a book called The Gospel for Ragamuffins. That's what I am. I'm just an old ragamuffin. And this is just excerpts from that. It says this. The compassionate love of Jesus at work within us empowers us to suffer with, endure with, struggle with, partake of, Be moved in the depths of our being for the hunger, nakedness, loneliness, pain, unpleasant choices, and failed dreams of our brothers and sisters of the human family. The passion of Christ is being played out in our own communities, perhaps in our own homes, in any way who is in agony of flesh or spirit. Jesus is there, not in some vague, eerie way, but as real presence for what we do for the least of our brothers and sisters, we do for him. And can I read you one other thing about Jesus? I may have read this the last time we were here, but it's it's worth listening to again. Jesus came to give us an abundant life 
not only an abundant life, but a life of true fulfillment. You see, Jesus lived among the broken. He shared his meals with the ungodly. He was never stuck inside the prison of religion. He is true freedom and everlasting joy. When society restricted people from touching the sick, Jesus touched and healed them. When holy men restricted themselves from being with sinners, Jesus befriended them. And when the religious system restricted people from having access to God, the good Father, God, the perfect Son, came in the flesh to be among them, to love them, to save them. you know what there are so many people in this world that believe this statement I'm about to tell you they believe that God loves them but they don't believe that God likes them did you hear that can I say it one more time? I don't want you to miss it. Maybe maybe when you prayed a while ago, this is what you needed to hear. So, so I'm going to say it again. There are people all over this world that believe that God loves them, but does not believe that God likes them. <laughs> I told that to Sheila the other night, and she looked at me and she said, Mark, you're one of the few people in the world that really believes God likes you. Oh, I wish I had an opportunity just to go person to person and look you eye to eye and say, God loves you, but he likes you. Sarah, I know he really likes you. I really like you too. That woman not only felt loved that day, she felt liked, precious, enjoyed for who she was right then. Y'all heard me tell this story for those of you that's been here for a while. Some 15 years ago or so, I almost didn't think that God loved me or liked me. And I didn't know that people really liked me. And I was getting to where I didn't like people so much. And I was on a trip to Eleuthera, one of our mission trips. And, and God used this song. that just goes like you are so beautiful you are so beautiful you're everything I hope for you everything I need you are so beautiful and I wept and I cried that day because I knew that that song that was be playing on the, on the radio was actually being prayed to me and my heart started blossoming again well my daughter-in-law sent us in our family group text thing a video of my little three-year-old daughter and 
uh, uh, my little three-year-old granddaughter singing a, a Bruno Mars song that she had been singing to her for several weeks. And so Kenny Bell's helping Mama put her makeup on, and she sings this song. Your face is not a thing that I would change because you're amazing just the way you are. And when you smile, the whole world stops and stays for a while because you're amazing just the way you are. You are doing so good. <laughs> You're amazing, just the way you are. You're amazing. The Sabbath, you're amazing. He loves your smile. He loves your hair. Not only loves you, but he loves you. Just the way you are. Bow your hands with me. Father, I know that Satan is trying to whisper into people's ears and tell them, no, that preacher's wrong. The Holy God could never love me or like me just the way I am. But please, Father, I pray that you speak to their hearts this morning like you spoke to the heart of that Samaritan woman. That you make them realize, just as the Bible said, that you had to go through Samaria. Even though you didn't have to, you really did have to because there was a meeting that needed to take place. And I believe, Lord, the reason you're so present here this morning is there's a meeting that needs to take place in the hearts of men and women that are here. Hmm. I'm going to ask you to do something. Everybody's eyes are closed and no one's looking around except me and God. Maybe, maybe you're struggling with that a little bit. And you just like for me to take this coming week to pray for you. Again, nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to judge you. And I'm not going to judge you. But would you raise your hand if you would want for me to pray for you this week? Thank you. Buddy, I know the one that does know your name. He will be faithful. So, Lord, we bless you. We praise you. And I would just ask you, Lord, now, you and the, the Son and the Holy Spirit, just to look inside the hearts and the faces of everyone that is here. And speak to them. And 
tell them how precious and wonderful and amazing they are. So Lord, we feel you and we hear that. And we love you for it. God, give us the courage. Give us the courage to be your hands and feet. Give us the courage to speak to those that you put in front of us. Those that we might let slide by. No. Give us us the desire, the passion to get to them. Like like the passion that I had to get to Candace. And the desire and the passion that Jesus had to get to that woman at the well. Give us that, Lord. Help us be that beautiful, shining light for you and so God we know we've got the rest of this day and it would be awesome to be able to be that person for you even just this day thank you for it and we pray it in Jesus name and everybody says amen may the light of Jesus Christ shine through you your actions and your life this week I love you Thank you for letting me come and speak to you today. You're dismissed.